And welcome to the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust for March 8th, 2019. It has been another great week in Anderson, and the sun actually shined for more than three days in a row, but now it seems to be taking another break. But it did set a new record for 2019, which is now more than one-seventh over for those of you who are keeping score. Sunday brings another uh, marker that spring is not so far away as we move our clocks ahead one hour, so don't forget, unless you just need a good excuse for sleeping in, and then just pretend you didn't know. There's a lot of good news coming out of the county this week uh, around around Anderson County Councilman Craig Wooten, who represents District 2, which actually is my district, announced Thursday his plans to run for the South Carolina seat uh, District 3, which is currently held by Richard Cash. Uh, Cash, if you remember, filled the seat that was left vacant in 2017 when Kevin Bryant moved into the lieutenant governor's chair after a 13-week campaign, which culminated in a very close runoff victory over Anderson County United Way Executive Director Carol Burdett. Uh, so far, Cash has spent most of his time and energy in the state Senate working to outlaw abortion. Uh, so if that's your, your issue, uh, he's your guy. But I think Wooten is, is more knowledgeable and has more experience in a broader uh, area, and he understands the vast challenges facing the state. And I think he would be a great member of our legislative delegation. So I definitely wish him well. Hilltown players this week were awarded the Beth uh, in Southeast Prize for their spin on Romeo and Juliet. Uh, if you didn't see that, you missed it. Um, several of the individual cast members are also chosen among the best in the Southeast. Well, the next step for this troupe is the National Community Theater Competition in Pennsylvania this summer, and Milltown director and founder Will Raglan is helping raise funds for this to help send that group to the event. And you can find out more about how you can help at Facebook uh, or on their website. Uh, let me tell you, if you haven't been to Milltown Players, great place to see live theater. I, I'm not the biggest live theater fan in the world, but the, the ones I've been to over there have been really spectacular, and everybody I've talked to has enjoyed going over this. They've done a tremendous job bringing live theater to the county over there, and the Milltown Players have done a great job, and that theater is a wonderful place. Uh, the Smoking Pig opened off of uh, 81 North and Anderson last Thursday at the end of February the 28th, and that the famous local barbecue spot... Um, is uh, I think it'll do well. It's in the old Stoney's Barbecue Building near Duckworth Fields. A lot of good barbecue in Anderson. If you if you are a barbecue person, Anderson's a place to be. Whether it's the Pompous Pig or some of the other spots, uh, Little Pigs down closer to downtown. If you like barbecue, Anderson is the place to be. And not far from the new Smoking Pig, uh, Guy's Pizza shouldn't be open by April in the shopping center, which already houses. Uh, the Fiesta Mexican restaurant. Um, those who've eaten it, guys, are excited to have an Anderson location to go with the one in Sandy Springs. I have not tried it, but everybody I've talked to starts telling me their favorite pizza and what, what I should try. And so it's always a good sign that people have really passionate favorites of a place. So I'm looking forward to having a new pizza place here in town that's locally owned. And I'll report more on that when it comes about. You can see more about it in The Observer. Also last weekend, Crescent's junior fishing team took the top spot in the Bassmaster High School Tournament at Green Pond. That's a, a regional, southeastern regional tournament. Uh, they also took third place in the event with a girls team, which were really good to see. And, and I talked to them actually before the event, and they were pretty excited. There were nearly 200 boats from 76 schools that took part in that southeastern national tournament. And Green Pond really has not only become a national player in fishing tournaments, but it's been one of the, the really highlights of uh, Hartwell Lake. Uh, on next weekend's podcast, I'll be talking to Visit Anderson's Deal Paul, who's the man who gets a lot of credit for Green Pond's growth as a fishing destination. And I'll also be talking to uh, Anderson County Parks folks about that and something else. I'll say that as a surprise. 
County Council met Tuesday and discussed everything from regulating drones to a new industrial park. The new industrial park sounds pretty promising. A company wants to come in and open one, which would not cost the county anything, and but the county would suddenly collect uh, much more in tax dollars from that property and have new places to recruit the kind of industry they're bringing in. Again, we've said it before, uh, Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns and Anderson County Economic Development Director Bruce Nelson have set a pace over the last 10 years that I don't think anybody in the state can can come close to matching, bringing in not only jobs to Anderson County, but high-paying jobs. The uh, unofficial tally right now is that the, the well, hourly wage, average hourly wage in Anderson County in the last 10 years has risen from about $13 to about $20. Uh, pretty good jump and pretty good information uh, for folks who are coming here looking for a quality of life and also to be able to afford uh, to live here. The Light Project, which has now served Anderson for more than 10 years, also has some news. They're launching a new effort, and they're also in the planning stages of another one to really make a difference in our community. The Milltown Makers is a place for artists to hone their craft, uh, create goods, and eventually mentor others and train them how to, to, to make a living using their art or making a craft. Uh, and that's well under construction and hope, hopefully will be done before the end of the year. The director of the Lot Project, Andy Gibson, is also planning a tiny housing development in Anderson, working with uh, Leadership Anderson and others to get the, the model home built. And that'll be able to provide affordable housing for those in the neighborhood around the lot project on the Alphabet Streets. The goal is now to raise funds and acquire five acres to make that tiny house subdivision happen. Hope it works out well for them. Encourage you to look at what the lot project's doing. And and if you're looking for some place to donate to a worthy cause, I recommend them. I talked to Andy last week, and here's what he had to say about those projects. Yeah, hi, my name's Andy Gibson. I am the executive director of the lot project. I've been working in downtown Anderson with those in need for about 10 years now. Um, I've learned a lot. I've learned um, that people say a whole bunch of stuff uh, on both sides of the track. And the one thing that keeps coming back to is um, that we have an amazing community and we want it to be stronger and more life-giving and uh, that uh, they have a lot of desire for this to be a really good place to live. Um, But most of the time, people don't know how to do that. They don't know where to start because a lot of the problems we face are just so big um, and they don't know how to help. And so that's why here at the Lot Project, we think there's just two ways to do that. Uh, The first is to donate uh, financially. It's probably our biggest need right now. And then you can also come and volunteer. And so we would love to have either one of those take place with us. Now, how many people do y'all serve in a year? Do you know? Yeah, we we give away about 10,000 meals uh, a year, uh, just on average right now. Um, We work with many home groups and churches and uh, restaurants like Doolittle's and Pizza Buffet uh, provide a meal for us about once a month. So it's really cool and really exciting. Now tell me what we got new here. What's going on now? Yeah, so this is one of our newest programs that we're trying to start. Um, We've been working on it for a couple of years now, getting all the groundwork laid and started some of the work, as you can see around you. This is going to be a new program called Mill Hill Makers. Um, It's commonly known as a maker space, Um, but most people don't know what that is either. So uh, the easiest way to explain is it works kind of like a gym membership, but instead of fitness equipment and personal trainer, we'll have artisans and tools. So woodworking, metal fabrication, 3D printing, we'll have some stuff with raspberry pies. Sounds like a cooking class, but it isn't. Um, 
And then we'll have a place for artists, leather, stained glass. We'll be able to do some more artisan type trade. We'll have classrooms for people to learn how to make things. Uh, and we'll open it up to the entire Anderson community, charge a membership fee, and then use the revenue off of that to begin scholarshiping in people from the underserved community. Um, so we're really excited about our new program, Mill Hill Makers. How important is, is it this creative element for people who are uh, underprivileged, who, who might need a little extra help? Well, I just think back to when I grew up, um, a majority of the things I learned wasn't in a classroom setting. It was actually from my dad. Uh, when we would play basketball together or work in the yard together, when we'd go work on the car or change the oil, like a lot of the things I did, I did in a relational capacity. And so one of the things that really excites me about this place is the idea of working with someone um, that we get to know them. And in that relationship, we can um, not only learn a new skill, but we can also make some changes in our lives on both sides. Uh, I, I taught my dad, I'm sure, as much about patience and forgiveness and, and uh, mercy as any one man could teach his father. So, uh, so yeah, so I think I will, we'll be able to learn on both sides of that equation. Andy, when do y'all hope to be open and running? I would love to be open the first quarter of 2020. Um, right now, we've put about $60,000 into our building already. Uh, we need another 171 for uh, the upfit of the facilities itself. It includes HVAC, electrical, uh, finishing out the drywall, all of the stuff that nobody gets to see, um, but makes the building work and up to code. Um, we hope to raise another 38,000 for a total of 209, and that will help us with operational costs for the building itself. Um, and we're really excited about that. We believe that's possible. At the beginning of this year, um, through the first half of the year, we'd love to see uh, uh, make some pretty good headway towards that. And if people wanted to donate or just find out more about what y'all do, what's the best place for them to get information? Yeah, the best place to get information right now is probably on our website. We're working on a new one, um, uh, but it would be thelotproject.com um, slash giving. You can sign up online and donate right there. I, I moved here from Indiana, so I'm not a local boy. I didn't know what the mills did. I didn't know what they stood for. I didn't know what a mill hill was. Um, uh, and so I just did a lot of research and I uh, talked to a lot of people. I walked the alphabet streets and got to know my friends there. I found out things like 25 out of the 28 houses on G Street rent. I uh, found out that there are 1,250 households in Anderson that make less than 10 grand a year. I found out that transportation's an issue. I found out that employment's an issue, that mental health is an issue, addiction counseling, therapy, any number of different things. There's so many different big problems. It's like, where do you even begin? And so, um, uh, as we look at rehabilitating, revitalizing an area, typically that comes with gentrification. Uh, moving people that can't afford, uh, usually you gentrify uh, an area and it's therefore revitalized. People like me put a lot of time and effort in and then all my friends move out. And so you just deal with the same problems, the same things in a different area. Uh, and so what I propose is that we revitalize an area without gentrifying it. We revitalize an area for the people who currently live there. We create a sustainable community uh, 
solving some of the most difficult challenges we face in the community, from adequate affordable housing to employment to uh, access to food and uh, good nutrition. Yeah, so we're currently partnering with uh, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, their Leadership Anderson, class number 35. Uh, we have uh, are the nonprofit that will take over their class project, and, and their class project is building Anderson's first tiny home. Uh, it's a 650-square-foot house that meets Anderson code, uh, and I believe it will be a model for what uh, potential solution for adequate affordable housing. Uh, and every report you read uh, from Imagine Anderson to the Neighborhood Revitalization Implementation Plan, these are adequate affordable housing is something that always comes up. And so um, I think this is a model for what that could look like in the future. Um, it's not an actual tiny house, unfortunately, because you have some code restrictions uh, around that. But if you were to do an area over five acres, uh, you can get by uh, some of those restrictions on the size of the home. So I think that tiny homes are an actual solution to some of our problems here with adequate affordable housing. And I think that the Alphabet Street specifically would be a tremendous place for that. Um, uh, it's close to the city, so it's walkable. It's close to jobs and employment. It's walkable. Um, there would be access to food and any number of different things. So I think that that community is perfect for it. And this is uh, the one you're talking about. It's going to be across from the garden. Yeah, yeah. So we've partnered with Artisan Fellowship to create uh, Artisan Gardens. Uh, they We purchased land through the city's for the county's forfeited land commission. Uh, land nobody wanted. Uh, it was thigh-high grass and we so it's a now it's a self-teaching uh, environment that is inclusive and um, immersive. It also is not threatening. Uh, you know, I don't like anybody knocking on my doors. Uh, so it allows members of the Lot Project community and Arson Fellowship community to be within a community without being threatening. Um, uh, to be there often, and uh, we've learned so much about the people who live there and the friends that we've made. Um, and just conversations about what they dream their community will look like as well. Hey, tell people if they haven't seen them. We've talked about it before, and I've been over there before. So, what some of the things in the garden include? <laughs> yeah, so we have, uh, you know, the G Street Garden. It's uh, 319 G Street. You're welcome to drive by it. Uh, it's uh, got a yellow door. You won't be able to miss it. Uh, every garden we do will have a yellow door on it. It's kind of uh, Marcy Salone's uh, trademark, so to speak. Um, she's wonderful and amazing. Um, it was kind of her brainchild, and she wanted a place that she could teach about her passion for health and wellness, uh, deal with some of the food desert challenges that people in low-income areas uh, uh, face, um, and, and an opportunity to build relationships. So there are six raised beds. Uh, all have a sign in them that tell you what was what was planted, when it was planted, um, what it looks like when it's ready to harvest, an expected harvest date, and then some nutritional information about what was planted. So Marcy decides what all goes in there. I just uh, help support her by paying the water bill and uh, making sure that uh, she gets some volunteers when she needs them. I thought it was interesting that Andy said that uh, in the 10 years she'd been here, a lot of people talked about doing things, but not a lot of people are actually doing things. And that's a real challenge to folks. I appreciate what they're doing at Lot Project and Artisan Fellowship. And uh, I hope that if you're looking for a place to support that you consider those. Saturday is also a big event that uh, is important to this community. Uh, another group that's been serving Anderson for well over a quarter of a century, the Anderson Free Clinic. They do amazing work. 
serving our friends and neighbors who are either underinsured or uninsured. And the clinic has literally saved untold lives over the years and continues to help people have a better quality of life or just to survive. The volunteers from the medical field, doctors, nurses, dentists, and soon optometrists, it's just amazing that these folks work hard all week and then volunteer entire days to help those, their friends and neighbors who are in a place where their insurance is not covering their, their health care, helping them take care of themselves. And I talked to the executive director, Tammy Collins, about what is going on with the annual Walk with the Docs event this Saturday. This is our 31st annual Walk with the Docs, Saturday, March the 9th. Uh, we'll do the run with the nurses at 9 and walk at 10. And then the Honeypath uh, walk with the ducks will start at 11 down in Honeypath. So we're very excited. This is our biggest fundraiser of the year. And it funds our day-to-day -day operations. We um, anticipate about 2,000 patients will pass through our door this year. This helps us cover the cost of seeing them making sure they have their medications and uh, just our day-to-day -day operations. Can you condense into maybe just this for this this thing, maybe a minute or two what the free clinic is and how y'all are able to, to function, why it's important for the community? Just I mean, I know that's hard, but it's yeah. tight as you can get and then yeah. we'll do a longer. A little, little elevator. Uh, the free clinic is here to provide both medical, pharmacy, and dental care for folks in Anderson County that don't have any other insurance or means to uh, cover their medical cost. What it does is it keeps them from sitting in the emergency department. When you or I need to go to the emergency room, we don't wanna spend hours and hours. So if we can keep as many folks out of the emergency department and see them here, it's a win-win for all of us. How many people do y'all see on average year? We'll probably, we anticipate seeing 2,000 folks this uh, this year, probably 6,000 to 6,500 appointments this year. And most exciting is our addition of Vision Care. We will be launching that April 1st will be our grand opening Vision Care. Right now our referrals are running six to 12 month wait to be seen. So we will now be able to see in-house regular vision screenings, diabetic eye screenings, fitting for glasses, all right here. How are y'all able to remind people how y'all are able to do this? I mean, how, how is it that y'all are able to provide medical care and, and these yes. care to, to the people that... The free clinic is dependent solely on the goodness of others. We um, survive on donations. We do events such as Walk with the Docs, our biggest fundraiser. We also write grants. We are not federally subsidized in any way. And so we depend on the community to help us do what we do. You want to brag on your you want to, you want to brag on your doctors? We also have a staff that's very small and limited, but we are able to do what we do because of the docs, doctors that volunteer, the nurses that volunteer, and we have medical students that rotate through here. We have nursing students. We've got great partnerships with Clemson, Anderson University, and Tri-County Tech in their pre-dental, their pre-medical, and their nursing programs. Students all rotate through here too. So that extends our ability to serve folks in the community. So let's wrap it up. Remind everybody, what were the docs, where, what time, and where they should meet, and those kind of things. Next Saturday, March the 9th at 
8.30 starts registration at the north campus of the hospital up on Greenville Street. What's exciting this year, Katie and Val with Friends Catering are back with a grits bar. Fire department will be there with fire truck and the smokehouse. Metro will have an ambulance there for kids to explore. And Life Flight's helicopter will be there for kids to explore. DJ, lots of fun, prizes. Please join us Saturday morning, March the 9th. Well, and March is well underway, and we just hope people will get out and support the Walk with the Docs. If you can't get out there and support the event, then they could use volunteers. They can use financial contributions. You can check them out on Facebook or uh, on their website, uh, the Anderson County Free Clinic website. Um, a lot of other things going on here in Anderson County, and one of them is the stuff going on at the Anderson County Museum, which is one of the best museums its size anywhere, and really one of the top museums in the state as well of any size. And it is always busy there. March does have a lot going on, and even though I've missed a few things already from the, our conversation with Beverly Childs, who is the executive director of the Anderson County Museum, here's some of the things that are going on in the month of March you might want to I know, and I can't believe it, but one of the most exciting exhibits is coming. If you've ever wondered about moonshine, we are doing an exhibit on moonshine. It opens on March the 5th at 5.30 p.m., we hope you'll come, and I'll give a shout-out to Palmetto Moonshine, who has helped us with this exhibit. Also coming up is History and Heritage on March the 12th at 5.30. This History and Heritage uh, is with Dustin Norris, our curator, and it's what they brought back, unique veterans' keepsakes. And we're featuring Worth C. Hampton's keepsakes that he brought back from World War II he was a prisoner of war. His daughter, Ellen Dixon, will be with us signing her book, uh, Walking to My Promised Land. So we hope you'll join us on March the 12th. Then we have another great director's tea with Katherine Smith. She is going to be talking about the women of Prohibition, and we hope you'll join us on March 13th at 11. Catherine's always fun. We talked about that last time. Catherine is always fun and always has, she has a new book coming out too. So you'll want to come and hear about that. Then there's another director's tea with Susan Temple on historic trees and historic houses in Anderson. So that particular director's tea is March the 27th at 11. One thing I don't want to forget to mention is our gala. It is April the 26th at 7 o'clock at the beautiful Evergreen Plantation. And we thank Lab Tech for being our major sponsor for that. Uh, we have the Catalinas, which is a great dance band coming, and Sullivan's is our caterer this year, so you don't want to miss that. You can go to andersoncountymuseum.org and find out all the information, not only on the gala, but also on any event we have coming up. And the gala is for you. Uh, remind people who the gala is for. I mean, it, well, it benefits the Anderson County Museum and our new exhibit that we're opening toward the end of 2020 or maybe early in 2021, and that is a military exhibit that will be talking about not, uh, it will be talking about wars, but it will also be talking about telling the story of the wars through the people of Anderson County that fought in these wars. So it, it's a unique take on a military exhibit. It will have a lot of interactives in it, so that's certainly something people want to look forward to. We're raising money for it now. 
So how can you help the museum? You can help the museum by buying tickets or sponsorships to our gala. You know, when you come in, you can also drop money in our donation box. That money goes toward our next exhibit. But also you can become a member of the Anderson County Museum. And there's brochures here in our gallery about being a patron. So that's three ways that you can help. And of course, if you have an extra million laying around, you can just write us a check. We take all checks. <laughs> and y'all, um, the other thing y'all do, you have a lot of volunteers to help here too, right? Can we certainly, volunteer? yes, we certainly do. We have a lot of volunteers. Actually, we can't open our doors without a volunteer. When I say we had almost 26,000 through our doors in uh, 2018, people say, Beverly, how do you know that? Well, we have a front desk volunteer that counts people as they come in the door and as they leave. So we have a good numbers count for what we do here at the museum. We can't open the door without a volunteer sitting there. We also have docents that are volunteer docents. So someone may be interested in that. Or if you're interested in research, our research room always has to have someone in it if it's open. So you may want to talk to our curator, Dustin Norris, about the uh, research room also. And remind people with hours when you're open when they come? Oh, we're open on Tuesdays from 10 a.m. until 7 p.m., Wednesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. The research room is open every Tuesday, 1 o'clock to 7 p.m., or by appointment with our curator. Well, that sounds good. I hope people, if they haven't visited lately, to get out because there's new stuff all the time. That's correct. We, you know, we have 25,000 plus artifacts. When you have that many artifacts, you can't uh, necessarily display every artifact 100% of the time. Hence, about once a quarter, we change out exhibits, put new artifacts out, take some in, and maybe do some preservation work on them or whatever. So, Things, we don't have a static gallery. It moves constantly. So you can come one week and see one thing, and you can come a month later and see something totally different. And before we go, can I mention our store, Whitner's store? Oh, absolutely. Let's talk about Whitner's store. We have a great new store that opened February the 5th. And at Whitner's, we have something for everyone, and we have a lot of different price points. So if you want a child's toy you can buy something from probably a dollar which is a button up to maybe twenty dollars which would be either an egg decorating kit or a plush toy would fit in between that but we also have different price points for gifts if you're looking for just a little something for some some a lady, especially just to say thank you, we have eight and ten dollar bracelets that are beautiful. They're uh, wood bracelets out of Africa. They're gorgeous. Uh, another thing we have handmade is our handmade good allen boxes. Now those are a little pricier, but they make beautiful, beautiful wedding gifts. And then we have things in between. A lot of Anderson things. A lot of South Carolina things. So drop by if you haven't been to Whitner's store and check it out. 
it is open the same hours the museum is open, and it, it is right inside the front door of the museum. And I, I will brag on you a little bit. It's so much cooler than the old gift shop. It's really, the way it's set up is nice, mm-hmm. and it's easier to find stuff. And Well, we can thank our graphic artist and marketing person, Miranda Mayhays, for that. She has the touch, and she worked hard uh, figuring out how we were going to display things in the store and what it, it really follows our exhibits as you walk around you can uh, see that she has set the store up to follow each exhibit so if you're looking for maybe some something that a, a guy that likes transportation then you could look in one set of shelves or if you want to uh, find something maybe from Trade Street and our mercantile store, uh, mercantile uh, exhibit, then you would look at a different set of shelves. We have a lot of local author books. Not every local author book, but we do have a lot. And you, anytime you want something in particular, if you talk to me, I'm happy to try to get it in for you. Well, I tell people all the time, if you like museums, you've got to come to the Anderson County Museum. It's uh, one of the best museums of any size in the state, and I, I just don't know there's anybody any town our size in the country that has a better museum. We have the second largest history museum, I believe, in the southeast. We are housed in a 26,000-square-foot facility, and our galleries are over 12,000 square feet. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Anderson County because... If we didn't have a county council and an administrator that truly believed in this history museum, we couldn't survive because we are owned by Anderson County, and they do pay our salaries and pay the upkeep on our building, but we fundraise for everything else. So when I talk about a military exhibit, we're currently fundraising for that. Uh, it, you know, and that military exhibit, by the way, will is being designed by local boy Don Chapman of Don Chapman Architectural Designs. So, you know, you're going. We use local people generally, or try to, when we're spending money, and that puts the money we fundraise back into our community as we're building our exhibits. And one, one more thing you and I, I think talked about a long time ago. If somebody is listening to this and they're local and they think, you know, I've got some things that might be of interest historically to Anderson, mm-hmm. what, do they just contact the museum? And tell they, them? they contact the museum. In particular, they can contact our curator, Dustin Norris. But it, it, any, you know, if Dustin's not here, certainly they can ask for me, Beverly Childs. They can ask for our educator, Linda Laparo, if I'm not here. So there'll be someone here that can help them, but but generally that would, a donation, uh, an artifact donation would come in through the Couturial Department of our museum. Because we really don't want to save what we got left. I, I always right. worry about that. Things we're, we're losing things every day that people don't think about making sure they right. get preserved. I talk to people daily about what are you going to do with your Anderson artifacts. And here's the thing. We think our children want everything we have. Uh, I don't have children. And my nieces and nephews pretty much want nothing I have, you know. And it's heartbreaking. You're like, okay, you know, they don't value things the way we did growing up and now as adults. Uh, the the it, so 
Anderson artifacts are really being tossed aside, and, and I hope people will remember that the Anderson County Museum is here for a reason. And that's not only to tell the history of our county, but to preserve the history of our county through artifacts. People generally think about museums that the first thing they do is, is exhibit. The first thing we do is preserve, and most museums do, uh, is preserve before we ever exhibit something. So keep us in mind if you have any type of Anderson artifact, don't throw away old Anderson photographs. We have um, a research room, and I believe the last time I talked with Dustin, we had like 13,000, I may be wrong with this number, uh, artifacts cataloged with a photograph attached to it. We have an online database, so if you go to our uh, website, andersoncountymuseum.org, and then you can go to our online database from that and see all types of Anderson photographs and, and different artifacts that we have. And that's the last thing I was going to mention. You've got a great website. It's fine. Also, you're very active on Facebook. And we social are social media. media. Yeah. yeah, Miranda does a great job on social media and keeps us up to date on all the things that are going on in not you know in, at the museum, putting it out on social media. So uh, check us out on Facebook, Anderson County Museum. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on uh, well all the social media outlets. All right, that's great, Beverly. I will talk to you again when we get ready for April. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate Bye. it. Have a good day. Bye. If you haven't been to the museum lately, there is always something new to see. And if you haven't been at all, then you really have a day ahead of you. It's a great place to take kids. And there's everything from uh, the Revolutionary War uh, exhibits to baseball in the county and uh, everything in between. Um, and they do have, like she said, programs for the kids and it really is a good a good place for the community that, that to keep people um, that are looking for something to do and also just to show off the history of Anderson County and, and, and all that we've, we've contributed. Another great place in Anderson that a lot of people don't think of uh, for all the things it does is the Anderson County Library. They continue to reign as one of the top libraries in the state. And, of course, they offer way more than books and e-books and movies and music kind of things people think about checking out. There's all sorts of programs. There's also things you can download. And Library Communications Director Brianna McDonald talked to me about some of the things going on in March at the library. Um, all month long, we're doing a series of events um, based around um, Women's History Month. Um, we're picking, we picked a book uh, called We Should All Be Feminists by Chimamanda Adichie. It's based on a TED Talk she gave of the same name. And it's just a real brief sort of conversational book about, um, you know, how, what gender inequality looks like from her personal experience and what it just means to, you know, have equality across the board. Um, it's, it's nothing revolutionary, <laughs> I don't think, but it's, it's just really well written and very straightforward. And so, uh, we're offering free copies of that book throughout the month. And then you can, of course, check it out from the library as well. The, the next event that we have lined up is on a Monday evening, and we're just calling it Women in Conversation. But, but basically we have... Um, what, what date is it? That is on Monday, March 11th at 6.30. And we have uh, three women from, from Anderson. Um, Jennifer Johnson, who is the public defender for Anderson. Uh, Shirley McNabb, who is a retired uh, social worker from the area. She was with Foothills Alliance. And we have Mary Haley Thompson, who is um, with the... Uh, 
City of Anderson's Economic Development Office. And they're going to be sort of just sort of discussing their reactions to the book um, in the context of their lives growing up here um, and in terms of their, you know, in terms of growing up, in terms of their professional careers, and also um, partly that's an it's a intergenerational uh, panel that we have people of sort of different ages um, to kind of talk about the themes of the book and how they reacted and hopefully sort of create a dialogue also with the audience members, just, you know, what their thoughts are, what, you know, what issues do we do p- women in Anderson or people in Anderson still face, what, um, you know, what can we be proud of about the women in our community, what they're doing. So all three of them are from here? Um, I don't know if they're all born here, but they definitely lived here a pretty long time. Okay. Um, and then the next one that we have lined up that is really focused That noise in my ears is a giant beetle that's watching us do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, my haunted office, yes. yeah. Um, the um, the next event that we have is on Monday, March 18th, and it's um, we're calling it Speed Mentoring. It's basically a, a play on speed dating, but we have women who have a variety of careers in Anderson kind of doing a quick, um, you know, one-on-one with people about, you know, how they got into what they're doing, what it took for them to do it, issues that they faced, and just showing that there's women in a variety of leadership roles in Anderson, from engineering, um, funeral services, business owners, journalism, um, and then, you know, nonprofit leadership. There's really a lot of women in Anderson to be to be proud of in our community. So um, we're really excited about having all of these events. Um, all the book clubs will be doing the book as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, the final event that we have is a young adult author named Megan Shepard, who will be at the Pendleton Library and at the Anderson Library. And she's... Um, you know, she she mostly writes for um, you know teens and young adults, um, but her books have a lot of strong female characters, and she's going to talk about you know writing with with gender in mind um, and and sort of playing it. Her newest book kind of plays around with some uh, tropes and old fairy tales and sort of gender reversal in there. So I think it'll be interesting to hear her talk too. Okay, so other than Women History Month, anything you want to mention that's going on that people need to remember us? Uh, for March in the library. Um, you know, our, our ebooks are always available. We're always adding new books. Um, if you can't find it on our shelves, you can always check there to see if it's available. Um, we have our poetry contest that will be wrapping up March 11th. Um, make sure to get your submissions in before then. Um, and Anybody then, can enter? Just... Yeah, ages 12 and up, anyone can enter. Just one poem, though. Um, and um, we'll be doing a reception later in April for National Poetry Month. And then... Um, the I guess the other main thing is uh, we're looking forward to actually a late March event in conjunction with the Market Theater. Um, they're doing a play, a musical, um, Pirate, How to Be a Pirate, um, and it's based on a book. Um, the author lives in Spartanburg, and so we'll, we'll be doing a joint event with the Market Theater, a pirate party for kids that'll have the author there. Market Theater will be here doing a song, and it should be a fun event. And the new teen center, a new makerspace area is open now? Yep, it's open. Um, the open create time is Thursdays from 3 to 6 o'clock. Um, but then you can also make appointments Mondays and Wednesdays. And um, if you have questions about it, just call us and we'll we'll make some time. She'll be doing some, Miriam, um, who oversees the space, she'll be doing some hands-on training for people, two to three people at a time, on some of the tools that are in there. Um, but then also, if you already know what you're doing, just make an appointment or come on by and, and see what you've got. Well, we'll catch up before then, but what, anything happened real early in April that people need to know about? Um, really early in April, 
not too much. Um, probably more later in April, we'll have the Friends of the Library annual meeting near the end of the month. Um, what Friends of the Library is, in case I don't. Oh, the Friends of the Library is a nonprofit connected to the library. They do um, volunteer work and, and fundraising for the library. They support summer reading each year. Um, they support, they host the Storytellers Festival that we do each October. That's their event. Um, and they also run the bookstore and the cafe at the main library here. So they handle all the used book sales, processing donations, um, and they really... There's a lot of things that we couldn't do without our volunteers and without the Friends of the Library. Um, and it's just an annual membership. Um, anybody can join. Anybody, anybody can join, yep. Um, you don't have to volunteer. You can just you know, be a member as well. Um, I think it's $10 for an individual for the year uh, to be a member. Uh, the first event for the Women's History Month was uh, a speaker from a Converse College talking about the suffrage movement in South Carolina. Very interesting. Uh, touched on the upstate and some other things, and it was uh, the Sunday the 5th. Uh, the rain chased a lot of people out, but if you want to see it, it'll be on, uh, you can catch it out at, at the Anderson Observer's YouTube site, or you can check it out on the Anderson County Television Station, which will also be running a video of her presentation about the suffrage movement in South Carolina. Well, next week I will be talking to Neil Paul about the 2019 events at Green Pine and the organizers to the organizers of the Saluda River Rally, which is celebrating its 10th year with the annual event in June. It'll be June 1st this year, and we'll talk a lot more about that. Which also marks the beginning of our sponsor's 21st anniversary in Anderson. Uh, this podcast is made possible in part by the Anderson's Best Restaurant, Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill, and Sullivan's Caters. Sullivan's has been Anderson's finest food dining establishment for special occasions, dinner, lunch, and more for more than 20 years. They had a big celebration that we've talked about earlier. Sullivan's is also the only one in the area that's been named as one of the top 100 restaurants in the United States and one of only two in South Carolina to grab this honor. One was down in Charleston. People drive from all over to eat here. They really do. And have been have read stories about them in Southern Living and numerous other culinary magazines and have driven hundreds of miles to come eat at Sullivan's. And of course, the front page of the Wall Street Journal story several years ago brought people who were in here from out of the country who just happened to see the story and drove over from Atlanta or Charlotte or places they were visiting. Bill Nickerson, his wife Sabra, took a chance on downtown Anderson by opening Anderson's finest restaurant almost 20 years ago when nothing was downtown. We owe them a huge debt of thanks. And also that risk kicked off the renaissance of downtown Anderson. They also offer catering at rates more competitive than you would believe. It's cheaper than most of the meat and three caterings you'll get bid on here. And it's white tablecloth catering. It's classy. They cook it on site. It's amazing. You can visit their Facebook page at SullivansMetropolitanGrill.com or SullivansCaters.com. Or you can go to those websites. Same thing there. And you can have that great, same great food that Sullivan serves at your wedding, family reunion, party, or corporate event by checking out Sullivan's Caters. Again, that, like I said, they, they cook it on site, and he talks about it as white tablecloth uh, catering, which I really like. And if you've seen it, you understand why it's called that. Well, that's about it for this week's Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. Join me next week when we'll be talking about more of what's going on in Anderson. And until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place.